Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider, CEO of Christine Advisors. Today I'm joined by Daniel Dykins, president of Honorarium Inc. Our topic today focuses on software startups and athletes. So thank you for joining us today, Daniel. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now tell us a little bit about yourself. I was a finance major at University of Notre Dame. I went to work on Wall Street uh, in the hedge fund business. I invested primarily in uh, technology companies uh, in the long short equity hedge fund strategy. And it was when I was running a hedge fund in Boston, we needed a better way to communicate internally around our research process. And I tried to buy software to do that and it didn't exist. So I hired a bunch of developers. We built an internal platform and other investors caught wind of it, uh, loved what we had, asked if they could buy a subscription. And before I knew it, I had spun out my first software company. So um, fast forward, I've, I'm working with um, my co-founder, Katie, on my sixth software company. I've had uh, three successful exits and two uh, failed startup attempts. Very nice. Now, related to name change, image, and likeness, NIL. Prior to July 2021, college athletes were not permitted to earn money from their name images or likeness. This rule change has sparked a lot of disruption in college sports and opened the door for honorarium to exist. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I, th I think uh, Katie might be better at answering this question. Uh, Katie's got a background in sports and okay. uh, college trustee, and it was her idea. So I'd love uh, for you to tell that story, Katie. Yeah. Hey, Patty. My name is Katie Malik. I'm the CEO of Honorarium. And um, prior to Honorarium, I was an executive at FanDuel leading um, operational readiness for the company globally. Um, at the time, I was also a trustee at a mid-major Division I university with College Athletic Oversight and really got interested in the payment of college athletes selfishly because I got worried about how mid-majors and group of five programs, athletic programs that are not as well funded as the power five that you hear normally, like the Alabamas and the LSUs and the Michigans and the Notre Dames of the world. How do they stay relevant and competitive in this world of this changing world of college sports and the ability to pay college athletes? And fast forward, I was watching a college basketball game, St. Bonaventure, where I went to and did my undergrad. And this kid shot a three-pointer and it changed the dynamic of the game. And afterwards, I'm like, that was awesome. And I wish I could figure out how to compensate him and send him $20. And based on all of my background prior to honorarium, whether it be in building software technology for big banks or strategy at a, a fast-growing company or getting my MBA at Notre Dame, I'm like, I know how to do this. And so really kind of last year, very quickly started asking questions and started talking to people. And Dan is one of the people that I started talking to about this. And we know each other through the Notre Dame network. And 
I was very much, I don't want to do this alone. This is my second startup. And I learned a lot. And Dan and I, Dan is very seasoned as well. And we got talking and I got talking with other ADs and we were like, hey, let's let's do this. And that was kind of the beginning of honorarium. And we're really building a fan to player application that allows college sports fans to celebrate student athletes. So I guess tell us a little bit about Honorarium. Like, what exactly is this? So yeah, sure. Um, honorarium is a fan-to-player application where college sports fans have the ability to compensate and make pledges or honors to student-athletes for their content. It is a web-based application that is also mobile, and sports fans can go and find their favorite athlete, find their favorite their teams follow their schools. We know that the college sports fan is is a different sports fan than a, a regular sports fan, and there's 180 million of them. And so they go to our site, they find athletes, they're perusing their content, and they're able to then make an honor, that's what we call them, or a pledge of their discretion to those student athletes. And then those student athletes make money. And we're really working to democratize college NIL as well. Um, right now, the lion's share of the money is going to football and men's basketball, over 51%. I played field hockey in college. And as I was thinking about what this becomes, how do we really democratize it? How do women's sports benefit? And so what we have built is compensation sharing technology. When a student athlete is, is honored, they get the lion's share of the money. But then part of that is shared with their teammates and then all athletes at the school. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, there's a kind of a trickle down effect with regards to what we're doing. Very nice. Now, what challenges have you faced while launching your software startup? Well, yeah, I, it's like with any uh, startup, you're always challenged for time and resources and there's never enough hours in the day. And when you're launching something from nothing, right, this was an idea Katie had sitting on her couch watching a basketball game and we didn't incorporate until May of 2020. And by the end of the year, we had uh, delivered our MVP, minimally viable product, right? So it's kind of the first ugliest iteration of of your software that uh you you improve upon and build upon and add features to over time and um we are running when you look at it from that perspective of launching in may or incorporating in May and launching your first version of a software product within a few months, that sounds from the outside like you're you're running at breakneck speed. But uh, to people like Katie and, and, and me and, and our investors, right, you can never run fast enough. You always want to be doing more. And with startups, you're capacity constrained, right? You just simply don't have the resources of a larger company to go out and just hire more people to do more things faster. And uh, with any startup, you kind of um, want to balance dilution. Uh, with progress. So uh, your company is worth the least when you don't have a software product built. So you tend to raise, you, you want to raise enough money to just get that out the door mm-hmm. and uh, establish a milestone and then increase your valuation and then go out and raise more money at a higher valuation that's less dilutive. So there's kind of this prescriptive stair-step function in every software startup that is mm-hmm. is necessary, uh, but it's challenging because it would be easy, uh, you know, raising money is never easy, but it would be easier to raise a whole bunch of money. Uh, and, you know, take on a whole bunch of dilution and then just hire a whole bunch of people. Uh, the problem with that is if the market turns, which the market right now for uh, VCs is is challenging, um, you know, you don't want to get into a situation where you raise a bunch of money, you hire a bunch of people and and then you're you're over your skis. So it's right. it's measured growth. It's it's being disciplined. But I would say it's the age old challenge of of resources and time. Okay. 
Now, how does honorarium bridge the gap between college sports fans and athletes? So really, our goal is to build the largest community of athletes and their fans. And we are for everybody. Um, we play in a space where there's some land grab going on from a brand to player application, big brands, Nike, Gatorade, trying to work with the best of the best. We we want to support all college athletes and we work with athletes from division one all the way to division three, 35% of our athletes are division three athletes. We also work with NAIA athletes, which is another division outside of the NCAA Okay, and club, club sports as well. And cheer and dance sometimes falls under that. So we're very much taking a fan approach. We want to build a place where student athletes love to go and their fans love to go and they're celebrating each other. That's nice. And it's good incentive for everybody as well. Nice. For sure. Now, how does Honorarium's mobile payments platform work? It's fairly simple. Um, a fan goes to our site, they find athletes, and they're able to transact very similar to kind of a marketplace or an e-commerce model. We're building that out, and we're building out other significant features. So in the future, student athletes are going to be able to donate very soon, like within days. Student athletes are going to be able to take a portion of their NIL money and donate that to charity. Mm -hmm. We've actually um, partnered with some of the best charities with regards to student athlete mental health that is really top of mind right now. And student athletes will be able to choose which charities they want to donate. Like Dan said, we built our MVP. It was truly an MVP, a minimum viable product. And we are adding features every day and we've got some really cool things coming. Um, but with regards to the rails, it's it's somewhat straightforward at this point in time. Nice. Now, what are some of the ways college fans can engage and support athletes and teams through honorary Dan, I've talked a lot. Do you want to talk some <laughs> uh, more? Sure. Like... Yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of ways. Uh, you know, what, what we're trying to do is build a marketplace, right? And that's always difficult because uh, you really need the athletes to show up first for the fans to have something to support. Um, and, you know, dealing with colleges is, is uh, it's difficult at times, right? Because at any given season, you've got athletes in various stage of travel, and, and it's hard to just convince an athletic director to have us come to campus and sign up all the athletes because they'll say, well, you know, it's it's championship season, our baseball team's traveling here, and our women's mm -hmm. basketball team is traveling there. And and so, um, you know, really the way to, to engage is we're looking to uh, bring athletes on board and, um, you know, encourage them. Uh, to sign up for honorarium. One of the beautiful things uh, about this model is that um, we had about 600 student athletes pre-register to sign up for our platform before we launched. And, mm -hmm. and uh, we assumed in our modeling that the average college athlete would have about a thousand social media followers. And that was just a guess. We really mm -hmm. didn't know the answer. Uh, and then fast forward through 600 athletes, we found out it was north of 1800. So really the model is sign the athletes up, have the athletes reach out to their fan base who are already mm -hmm following them, mm -hmm. encourage them to come to honorarium uh, and support them and honor yes. them. Um, when we when we get a critical mass of student athletes on the platform, we can then start going out and advertising to fan bases. And a very uh, inventive way to do that, that that Katie thought of is if there's a big upset, you've got a small team beats a big team, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have the opportunity to go out and, and advertise to that fan base while they're all juiced up and, and ready to, you know, very excited. And right. so there's, um, you know, I think 
what could also be interesting is fans inviting the athletes they follow uh, mm -hmm. to to follow our platform as well. But mm -hmm. as Katie said, this is a massive marketplace. There's 182 million college sports fans and mm -hmm. there's over 500,000 uh, collegiate athletes. Uh, so the market is very large and we believe there'll be some tipping point where athletes start making money on our platform and then discussions happen in the locker room and they start mm -hmm. sharing it with other uh, teammates. And it's something that we hope will uh, blossom into a really awesome, fast growing, exciting company. Oh, very nice. I didn't even realize that it was that large of a pool. That's actually awesome. <laughs> it's ginor. It Yeah. So even if we have a small portion, it's right. still we're still benefiting and helping student athletes and their fans. Nice. Now, what have been some of the successes and accomplishments that Honorarium has achieved since its launch? So first and foremost, we became a company at the end of May and we have been, it's been a full on sprint. Um, we've grown our team. We've created full-time jobs in Rochester, New York, which, um, personally, I'm very excited about, uh, I grew up here. This is where Dan lived and it would be, it's great to bring tech jobs to Rochester, right. New York. Um, we've also engaged in some really cool relationships with some of the best schools in the country. So we're building relationships and have been approved as NIL vendors for schools like Michigan and Syracuse and Chapel Hill and, you know, some mid-major universities like Loyola Chicago and St. Louis and St. Bonaventure. So those are really exciting. And that's what I love is building relationships with schools and student-athletes. And, you know, kids are making money. Uh, the kids that are on our platform have started to make money. And if you look at the data on average, people think that student athletes are making a ton of money when it comes to NIL. On average, if you look at all the student athletes across all the divisions, they're making $65 a year. So we have paid out more than that in less than two months of being oper in operation. So we can only grow and help boost that number. And so that's been, that's been exciting to see as well. Yeah, for sure. That's actually awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah. If I could add to that, I would I would say too, I think there's a huge opportunity for women in sports. So, you know, Katie mentioned that football and, and men's basketball uh, get the lion's share. I think she said more than 51%. It, it's it's actually about 68%. It's it's more than two thirds. So you've got every other team and, and all the women's teams competing for a very small portion of that pie. And that shouldn't be the case, right? And And the legacy model works for the people that are involved in the legacy model. And that's, you know, connecting a, a huge brand with a big time football player. Um, but we see an opportunity for everyone to benefit. And, you know, co college is 60% women or, you know, women represent 60% of the students in college. Uh, they shouldn't be fighting for a third of the pie. So we're looking to, as Katie said, democratize that pool and, and really bring opportunities to everyone. That's Regardless nice. of of what level, right? Division one, division two, II, division three, all of these student athletes have social media fans and followers, mm -hmm. and and that really our technology is unlocking the potential of their social media following uh, to help them, you know, pay the bills. And and another thing I'll say, uh, people do believe that athletes uh, are all scholarship athletes. There's very few sports that are full scholarship. Football's full scholarship. Basketball's full scholarship. A whole bunch of sports uh, are shared scholarships. So like cross country, for example, with women, uh, if you're a cross country runner, uh, uh, track and field and cross country runners uh, for women, they have to split 18 scholarships. 
Yeah. And that's across. Now, if you're a distance runner, you're running cross country in the fall, you're running indoor track in the winter, and you're running outdoor track uh, in the spring. And there's probably, I'd say on average, 60 to 70 uh, track and field athletes. So you're dividing 70 athletes, you know, 18 scholarships. So these athletes really can use the financial help that we're providing. Um, because even if you're a full scholarship athlete, there's a lot of food insecurity. Uh, you know, if you're a full scholarship athlete and you're, you know, you're from a poor background, you're not going off campus to eat at, mm -hmm. at a burger place with your friends uh, that, mm -hmm. that are, you know, that are wealthier. And so we really feel proud about that, that we're bringing these opportunities to all students. Oh, it's awesome. One, you're giving a voice to something that no one's even heard about. And, you know, like you said, I, I'm in New York. I don't know anything about any of this. So, you know, now that you're shedding some light onto it, it's amazing. And I wouldn't know half of the hurdles that they're going through. So having somebody, you know, pretty much having their back and helping them out is just amazing. Yeah. Now, what are the long-term goals that you have for Honorario? So we want to become the world's largest community of athletes and fans. We, we're really leaning into that. We want to be a place where athletes love to go and their fans love to celebrate them. Um, there's a ton of opportunity in just the sports industry and then this new industry that's popping up that is college NIL. And uh, we want to be that place that, that the fans are coming to. Now, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs looking to start a software startup? Dan and I talked about this before the call and it, it one is get started. There's a lot of thinking it's going to be perfect and wait, but also there's things take a lot longer than you think they're going to. Mm -hmm. And you have to be patient and you have to understand that where you start is not where you finish. And sometimes where you finish is a hundred times better than you could ever imagine. And so mm -hmm. the point of getting started and then trusting the process and working your butt off yeah and even like you said connecting you know with Daniel I mean I actually had a conversation with someone yesterday and you know they were talking about having ideas and you know either one thinking okay don't have all of it but that's where you connect with other people you know they always say you know surround yourself with people smarter than yourself or just ask ask questions don't be afraid so interact with other people in the same space or ask questions or even if you have part of the idea getting someone else who has another part of the idea can help this grow so you know it's really good like don't quit don't give up just keep pushing forward and don't be afraid to ask questions you know yeah katie and i t have these conversations all the time and <laughs> and uh you know startups are hard right a nine to five job is hard right yeah. working is hard mm -hmm. uh putting food on your own table is infinitely harder than working for someone else and and being responsible for other people and um no one can do it alone you need a team you need to surround yourself with great people and you need to be very resilient startups mm -hmm. are not for everyone uh you need to have a really thick skin and you need to anticipate that things are not going to go the way you plan mm -hmm. uh you know i've never seen a business plan or a business model uh track to form right it's always uh, course corrections and adjustments that need to be made. And, uh, you know, you can anticipate uh, certain things and, and then the market tells you otherwise. Another thing I would say uh, specifically with software, software is a very difficult business because 
the talent, software talent, development talent is very expensive. Uh, and unlike, uh, like a, say, a grocery store, uh, you can borrow money to start a grocery store because you actually have assets, you know, mm -hmm. to use as collateral. And you open the door on day one and you start making money and you can pay back that loan with software. Uh, it takes a long time to build software and you're mm -hmm. paying uh, expensive people to do that. So uh, it takes a while. So you need to be very mindful about uh, your ability to raise capital, your, or, or if you're self-funded, your ability to kind of stay in the game. And um, those are all very challenging things. But uh, with proper planning and and uh, asking the marketplace if they want what you're about to build before you spend money and build yeah. it is another very important lesson that I think people learn the hard way. So uh, those are a couple of things I'd add to that. Well, nice. But like you said, I mean, it, it, this isn't just for your home state. I mean, this is pretty much universal around the U.S. I mean, that's you know, like I, like I said, I didn't realize how many athletes there actually are. Um, you know, so obviously there's a need for that. And like you say, with technology, the world is always evolving. Technology is constantly evolving. So, you know, thinking outside the box, thinking ahead of what can we do and constantly um, exploring all the different ways of doing it. You know, it'll keep something that's in need now. It'll just keep it, I guess, in the, the process, you know, throughout, which is, you know, with the whole technology evolution. Yes, finding a market that's that's big enough to support a business is also important, right? So, uh, you know, as as we mentioned, there's 182 million sports fans. You know, we think the tangible addressable market is about 9.1 billion dollars, and there's a whole bunch of companies connecting players with brands. But really, going direct to fans, we think is unique in our space, and and we're very excited about that. So, we found a great market. We found a market we both love. Katie and I are both sports mm -hmm. fans, and there's a real need out there for these athletes to help supplement uh, their incomes. So right. we're very excited to be doing what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. Because I know a lot of people, unfortunately, they get into the college sports because they didn't have the home funding, you know, so they, they were from low income and this was kind of their their way out. So there is a desperate need for that. Not, a, you know, everybody just assumes everybody's, you know, they're going to get sponsored by this company and everything's great. Not for everybody, you know, so you know, especially from the start in college, they need this, you know, so that's actually really nice that you're doing that. Yeah, we appreciate that. I think there's also, you know, world-class college athletes. We found out, I didn't know this, I, I, I don't think Katie knew this, we found out a few months ago, 60% of the Olympic team is comes from NCAA athletics. Oh, yeah. uh, so, so there, you know, there are a lot of world literally world-class athletes that play sports that just don't have large fan following swimming and diving or track and field and um all of these athletes have individual fans right mm -hmm. so we think that there are a whole bunch of athletes that uh should get the recognition that they're not getting from big brands you know mm -hmm. the the olympic athletes that make the money are the ones that win the gold medal right. um but the the athlete that came in you know fourth or something no one knows their name mm -hmm. so we want to help honor those athletes as well yeah, and hopefully this brand, you know, it starts picking up momentum and it gets recognition and, you know, the media picks it up and maybe even doing like a, you know, the best performer of the month for each state or something like that and doing newsletters and press releases and, you know, marketing the heck out of it um, can even get them even further recognition where you never know somebody who might want to sponsor them from the East Coast or West Coast might, you know, might just see somebody that they would have never had exposure to before. So. No, it all That's has a trickle effect. 
That's tremendously insightful. So one of the things that we don't have today, right? So you talk about building a minimally viable product and adding features. One of the things we don't do today that we will do in the future is curate content and serve that up to a larger audience. So for mm-hmm. every athlete that signs up, they have the opportunity to bring on over a thousand fans each. Mm-hmm. Well, for every every athlete you bring on, there's there's huge scale in the fan base, right? So at some point we could have millions, tens of millions of fans. And, uh, you know, when we, at scale, we have a really awesome opportunity to behave more like ESPN plays of the day. I don't know if you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. but, you know, we could take a, an obscure athlete from a Division three school that has an amazing play and serve that up, not just to their individual fans, but the collective fans on our platform and really get them recognized. So when you see videos going viral today, they get lots of hearts and thumbs up and likes uh, we can turn that into dollars for these athletes. And and we're really excited about the, about the prospects of being able to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think the dollars mean a lot more than a, a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> now, what does the future look of Honorarium look like? So right now, it, it's getting as many athletes on our platform as possible. We're really excited and looking forward to the college football season and and really building those relationships with our partner schools and the the relationships we're we're curating now. And really, like I said, it is to become the world's largest community of their athletes and bands. So we'll do that with the new features, the charity features coming on and curated content and and you know, in the future, unique experiences possibly for for athletes and fans, but it, it really becomes a place where fans are celebrating student athletes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean, you could even, I mean, really go crazy with the whole marketing part of it. I mean, you can have, you know, like near the holidays, team, team you know, t-shirts for sale, you know, because if I'm a fan, I want one for my whole family, but I probably wouldn't even know about it. I mean, you could just really like take this and, and go really crazy with it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. Now, what have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned during the process of launching your startup? I'll, I'll take this. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I would say Kate, this isn't our first go around, right? Katie and I have both founded companies. So I wouldn't necessarily say we learned a lot of unique things with this company, but mm-hmm. I would say in general, mm-hmm. uh, in, in starting up, I would say things always take longer than you think. Things are always harder than you think they'll be. I would say those are probably the, the two biggest things. You know, find a good team. Good people are hard to find. So uh, compensate them, right? I, I would recommend anyone doing a startup to to set an option pool aside and, and set uh, employees to become owners in the company and really have a vested interest in the business because they're going to care a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you're going to bring opportunities to, uh, to, to more people to truly generate wealth rather than just have a paycheck. And I think when people are properly incentive, they can do amazing things. Um, that, that's what I would say. Katie, do you want to add to that? No, I, I think that's it. It's just, there's never enough time and there's never enough resources. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta be quick and nimble and very lean. And um, like, like Dan said, this isn't my first rodeo either. And I've had also experience in large corporate and in scaling businesses and at every stage you have to, you learn to get leaner. And uh, that's, that's really, that's really it. Nice. Now, is there anything else you want to add to people letting them know about honorarium or how they could get involved or, you know, just tell us a little bit more or. 
Yeah, so our website is honorariumnil.com. Um, usually, if you just Google honorarium, we'll be right there. Um, we'd love for fans to come and, and support our athletes. We're growing daily. Um, we're adding schools, we're adding athletes. Um, and then if they, if you know athletes or maybe you're a parent of a student athlete, you can reach out to Dan and myself. We're always happy to chat about NIL um, and visit the site. We've got a bunch of information too on just NIL in general, but really it's, it's starting to interact. We'd love for people to start to interact with our student athletes. I like how you said too, it's not just one particular sport. I mean, you're taking it all the way through cheering. And I mean, I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's so, true. People are overlooked. <laughs> yeah. Currently on our platform, I think we've got 23 different sports represented across men and women and co-ed sports. Nice. Right. So I guess you've already answered on how people could get a hold of you. Um, but if you don't have anything else to add, I would just say thanks again for being on the show. Again, that was Katie Malik and Daniel Dykins of Honorarium Inc. Thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.